Hey guys, this is Brad from Dallas Geek, and I'm here today with... Kevin C. Neese. And he is the author of the book, The Gospel According to Star Trek. So, tell us, uh, tell our viewers a little bit more about what this book is about. So, this is actually The Gospel According to Star Trek, The Original Crew. So, it's first in the series of five books. Okay. And they're all uh, examining, it's a nonfiction book, they're all examining Star Trek from a Christian worldview perspective. Okay. So the next four books will be Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Interesting. This is all the adventures of Kirk and company, up to and including Star Trek Beyond. Awesome. So, um, and I've got a pretty healthy section on Gene Roddenberry in there. Okay. And it's actually, it's the only place, I've never seen anything that goes into as much depth in such a concentrated form in terms of really kind of his theology. I'm doing a, a panel later today on the theology of Gene Roddenberry. Okay. And uh, so that's in there as sort of a foundation for the conversation. And then I go through the original series, the animated series, I do a chapter for each of the first six films and each of the three next films, and talk about them from different angles. So uh, talking about how Star Trek deals with religion and spirituality and God figures and those kinds of things directly, mm -hmm. um, and dispelling some of the myths I think people have about that and affirming some of the things people do already believe about that. Sure. And then um, also talking about, I've got a, another panel on Sunday, on Spock as a Christ figure. Okay. Which is a very metaphorical reading. Sure. Right? Comes into Star Trek 2, 3, and 4 largely. Sure, and, sure. Uh, and uh, again, th and that's something that I, that emerged, that I just discovered. All of this is just stuff I just discovered, wasn't even looking for. Sure. Uh, it found me. And, uh, and obviously that's not something that's intended. At all, but then I'm interested in the things that Star Trek does intend. Okay. What are intentional about it, which is its humanism and uh, the sort of spiritual implications of that, and how that has deepened and broadened my worldview and my faith and spirituality and all that. So um, I, hmm. I go into all those things, and uh, it's a really fun adventure. I've enjoyed it enough to be doing five books on it. So awesome! Yeah, awesome, awesome. So obviously, the inspiration for the book is you know. It's right there in the uh, the name Star Trek. Right. But what got you to want to write uh, a book at all? I mean, let alone something as in depth as this. Well, I mean, my journey to becoming an author, you know, starts with the fact that I've been writing as long as I could write, you know, yeah. and uh, and and you know, getting kind of noticed for it, you know, sure, and getting published here and there. Um, but I had I had set out to be a career filmmaker. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I still, a little bit different from a, a visual bit, medium to a written. A little bit different, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, but I still do video production, and okay. I'll still probably get into documentaries and things, eventually. Sure. Uh, I'm a little busy. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I, I, had, I was on that track, and I was going to uh, drive away from my high school and never sit in a classroom again. Okay. Because I hated school. Sure. And, uh, but I had the, I, but I, I got an associate's degree in video production okay. to get a better, to get a degree, to better, get a better job, you know, okay. and, uh, and I did the same thing when I had uh, a scholarship offered to me by my wife's granddad to okay. go to college and it was, and I, I, I took it, you sure. know, cause he, he gave a scholarship to so many, all of his grandkids and so many students at my sure, alma mater. Sure. And, uh, and so I was again going to get a degree to hang on the wall, to get a better job in video and film. And then I sat in an intro to philosophy class taught by Dr. David Noggle, who uh, is out there, uh, my alma mater, and it changed my whole view of my education. Hmm. And my time with Dr. Noggle from then on changed my whole worldview. 
Okay. And uh, and I saw that my intellectual pursuits were necessarily spiritual pursuits, and that my education was not about getting a degree to hand on the wall to get a better job. It was about becoming a better human being. Okay. And if I wasn't engaged in that, I was missing the point. And so I had been a Star Trek fan before that time and kind of come away, and then I came back to Star Trek with seeing the world in this new way where this this division between sacred and secular is a false dichotomy. It doesn't sure. really exist. Sure. And uh, and so I saw Star Trek in a whole new way. Okay. And I already knew I wanted to... I, I had, through other things, had come around to being an author, but... Um, that's really what set me on the journey. And, and, of course, I've always loved speaking, too. So I speak to churches and schools and conferences like I'm doing the panels here and, and all sure. that sort of thing. And, uh, and I love doing that. I love dialoguing with people. And, uh, and if I can share a fraction of that sort of worldview conversion that I've had with other people, then it's worth whatever goes into it. Yeah. Sure. So definitely not the typical introverted author, uh, I, I yeah, take it. Yeah, well, you're seeing the extroverted side of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little, little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm an intro extrovert. You okay. know, I mean, I definitely, I love my solitude. I love my quiet time. I, you know, I love being away from people and away from noise and sound. Sure. You know? But, but when I'm on, I'm on. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't buy into the introvert extrovert thing because I live them both. So, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's great to be able to balance that. It's great to be able to have something that you, you kind of put together in these sort of quiet moments. And, and we were talking, we did a panel earlier today, us authors, we were talking about writing, we were talking about publishing, and that, that writing can be a very kind of lonely, kind of solitary thing. But that's just the putting the words on the page, and I think a lot of writers and a lot of authors take that nature of the creative process and actually kind of try to isolate themselves and think they have to do it all on their own, and it's all about them. The first thing that I wrote when I sat down to write this book was the acknowledgments page. Okay. Because it was very clear to me that all the people around me, all the friends and the family and the mentors and the teachers who had helped me, that was the reason I was able to do it. Sure, you know? sure. So getting to, getting to recognize that the more you can connect with other people, other creative people, even in weird, unexpected ways, sure. that's going to help you do what you do better. So Awesome. Yeah. Now, that is a fantastic perspective on it. Uh, <laughs> Hard one. <laughs> so you have two other books here yeah. that you said you edited? Yeah. Okay. So uh, these are two different volumes. This is called Spockology. Okay. Uh, it's a collection of essays on Spock and Leonard Nimoy. So okay. it's kind of a support to the Gospel According to Star Trek. I'm doing a thing called the Undiscovered Country Project, where I do more talking about Star Trek, um, where I do blogging, and we've done some audio commentaries for episodes and films. Okay. When we can. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but I've had this event called uh, Spocktober, where okay. we celebrate Spock during the month of October. <laughs> nice. It started in 2011. It was the year that, and it was the year and month that Leonard Nimoy announced his retirement from conventions. Oh wow! And so I was like, we got to do something to acknowledge that he's sure. retiring. Sure. And so I did this thing called Spocktober, and we just kept doing it. And so this is a collection, largely of um, guest blog posts that were done for that. Okay. And then as I was completing this book, Leonard Nimoy died. Oh wow! And okay. so I was like, okay, we've got to we've got to get some more submissions and kind of make this a little more appropriate. Sure. And we brought in some things. There's some great stuff in here. One of the pieces is by Steve Neal, who's the makeup artist who sculpted Spock's ears for Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Lifelong Star Trek fan, 
And he used to work with us in Spocktober. He would give away, he has the original molds of the ears that he made in 1976. Wow. And, and I'm sorry, in 78. Yeah. And, and he, he sculpts new ears based on those molds. <laughs> and he, we, he, we would give away a couple pairs of those ears. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was so generous. And he, he did a, he did a, we do a Spocktoberfest where we do a video conference thing with, okay. we, we did one with all the Spockology authors and we had him on as our first, uh, as, as our guest and it was wonderful. And he shared nice. all these beautiful stories. He's a wonderful human being, nice. a great artist. And he wrote uh, an essay for this about getting to make the ears and getting to meet Leonard Nimoy. And it's just gorgeous. Nice. Just gorgeous. And let me edit it. You know, sure. he, had, he had done it in some interviews, and I, I got to edit it and make it what it is. And um, there's stuff in here that's theological. There's stuff in here that's philosophical. Stuff in here that's uh, personal. There's a guy called Jonathan Gershom. He's a rabbi. Okay. He wrote a book called Jewish Themes in Star Trek. I like to call him the Jewish me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he knows I call him that, but anyway, nice. when he's not in the room, I say that. Nice. He, he's also autistic. Okay. He wrote this essay about growing up as a Jewish autistic kid. Okay. Uh, in the in in the 1960s. Sure. You know. Sure. Uh, and identifying with Spock. You know. As 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 the outsider, huh. you know, huh. and so and 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 so Spock's sort of social awkwardness and all of that. There's all sorts of great wow. stuff in this book. It's 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 fantastic. I'm kind it, of it sounds like yeah, and, wow. and it's also stuff by me that's exclusive to this book. Sure. So yeah, it's sure. Great. And uh, the other book is so this is science fiction and the abolition of man. Okay. So this is the brainchild of a buddy of mine who is also uh, a student of Dr. Noggles. He's a Dr. Mark J. Boone. He's actually a professor of philosophy now in in Hong Kong. Okay. Um, he was he was in Pakistan when we did this. Wow, sure. <laughs> uh, but he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant philosophical scholar, way better than me. Yeah. And but he had this idea that uh, if you're unfamiliar with C.S. Lewis's The Abolition of Man, yeah. which yeah. most people probably are, um, it has to do with um, with how we form ourselves as humans. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, and one of the things that's kind of in there. Um, in terms of its relationship to science fiction is our, our relationship to technology. Okay. So that plays into this book a lot. So what we did was we took Lewis's structure. He has three sections to his book. Mm -hmm. And then we got all these submissions from all kinds of different uh, scholars that we knew, friends of ours, and also people who were like, you're awesome, come be sure. in our book. Sure. And um, we just sort of hung them on those hooks hmm. for the, for the ca sections of the book that they, that they relate to. Some huh. people talk specifically about Lewis. Other people's don't. I don't in mine. Sure. Uh, mine, is, uh, mine is on um, uh, uh, terraforming in Star Trek. Okay. Called terraforming the human soul. So sure. It, and it's very much about our relationship to technology. Um, Mark Eckel wrote a great piece in here. Uh, we, some, some people might know <laughs> that name. And, uh, but it's a great, great collection, and uh, I was honored to co-edit it with Mark. So That is awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so I do have to ask, uh, obviously there is a, a very heavy Star Trek influence for you. Yes. Um, where did that come from? Was it just growing up watching the shows, mm -hmm. or was there something very specific about it that connected with you? That's a good question. <laughs> um yeah, I grew up watching Star Trek. Um, I remember, like, you know, the original series was on when I was a kid, like, in late night TV. Sure. And I kind of liked the idea, but I wasn't honestly impressed with it. Sure. sure. <laughs> I was eight years, you know, I was eight years old. I didn't really recognize the quality of what I was looking at because, yeah. you know, I was like, it was 60s. And, yeah, there are technological limitations compared to what we had in the 80s, you know. Sure. <laughs> 
But for whatever reason, when Star Trek The Next Generation was coming out, I was really excited about it. Yeah. And so I got into that, and that was my Star Trek. Okay. And then I got the box set of the VHS tapes, y'all, <laughs> of the, of the yeah. first five Star Trek movies. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and really got into the original crew that way. Okay. And so when Star Trek VI came out, you know, and Leonard got Nimoy it. said on Entertainment Tonight, you know, this is a great movie to sit down with a big bucket of popcorn and watch. I got my big bucket of popcorn. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> Leonard Nimoy said to. And nice. I sat down and watched Star Trek VI. And, uh, and so as to why that connected with me and why I love it, I mean, I think it's all the things that I write about in the book, ultimately. Okay. It's probably something that I didn't grab onto at the time. And I think that's why I do a lot of the work that I do. I don't just write about Star Trek. Sure. I'm a... a I do my master's thesis on the history of Jesus films. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm working on a project um, regarding Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, wow. Yeah. We, uh, there's That's a lot what I'm taking. Yes, yeah. So I mean, you want to talk about another property that has is uh, just very dedicated fan base as Star yes. Trek. Mr. Yes. Rogers is huge. He's huge. up there. And, and that series just celebrated its 50th anniversary last month. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I was following all the stuff online for, oh, for that yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. There were oh. so many... Uh, places and people that were doing remembrances for yes, that. So, yes. Yeah. And there's a documentary out now. There's stuff coming. So I, yeah. I was, I decided to delay that book so that I could experience the 50th anniversary nice. rather than try to, this book, the Star Trek book came out on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Wow. It was really cool. Yeah. It came okay. out that year. So that okay. was really cool. Um, but yeah, so I got a lot of other things that I do, but it's largely dealing with media and the arts and popular culture. Because yeah. when I was writing in college, okay. you know, being the um, well, I thought non-academic, but I am academic. Um, a little bit, it sounds like. I have an yeah. academic background, for sure. I have a master's degree. Uh, yeah. In, yeah. A master's in liberal arts and fine arts and a, and a bachelor's in communication and philosophy. So, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, but, but my style is very journalistic. Okay. You know, I'm able to take these academic foundations and then make it approachable. Yeah. Um, because it has to be approachable for me. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, sure. But uh, in all of that, I'm, I'm dealing with meeting the arts and popular culture because when I was writing those papers, I found I had the most fun. Okay. I found I had the most to say. I do a lot of free associative thinking. So when I'm sitting in philosophy class and they're talking about, you know, Kant, they're kind of talking about existentialism or they're talking about postmodernism, sure. I'm relating that back to film. I'm relating that back to music and television and all the stuff that kind of makes me, you know, in that, in that sense. Sure. And so I did that in my papers and it's just been a theme ever since. Wow. So a lot of the stuff that I can do and that I like to do is talking to people about how they engage media in the arts and popular culture, okay. either in a church context or for, for like home educators and things like that um, and for college students. And I even speak, there's a group every year that I go and speak at an arts uh, school to, uh, to a group of junior high kids. Oh, wow. And I take this stuff that to me was a revelation mm -hmm. when I was in college. And I say, if I had this <laughs> when I was 15, sure, <laughs> how would that have changed my life, you know? Huh. And so I try to share that with the kids. And, okay. um, and it's, just, it's, it's just because yeah. our culture defines, understands, and expresses itself at the popular level. Sure. So if you don't engage pop culture, you're not engaged in your culture. Sure. Right? It's the air that we breathe. It's the context that we all understand. When people get together and chat, what do they talk about? Yeah, movies. The movies, TV. the latest shows, um, you know, what, whatever is their current thing that they're obsessed right. with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and books too, and music too, but sure. all of that is our literature. All of sure. that is our, is our cultural expression. Sure. And we have a tendency to just kind of digest it without really 
trying to draw the nutrients out of it. Sure. You know? Okay. And so what I want to do is help people realize that these things that we're drawn to, these things that we care about in, uh, in the movies and television that we love, it's because they reflect things that are important for us as human beings. They address longings that we have in our human souls that are important for us to learn more about in order to become better human beings. So let's go there and let's talk about those things. Let's find out why we love what we love and then love it well. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so for our viewers out there that might be interested in checking out your books, yes. uh, where can they find them? So uh, you can go to kevincnees.com and that uh, niece is N-E-E-C-E. NAACP with ease. Um, <laughs> KevinCDs.com. You can go to GospelAccordingToStarTrek.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Get on my email list and you can get some free sample chapters from this little book right here. And uh, you can find out more about where I'm speaking. You can come and invite me to speak. And uh, then uh, you can learn about when the new books are coming. Awesome. 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 So, um, And are they in any bookstores exclusively online? Um, well, they... If you want to, here's what I'd love for you to do. Go to your local bookstore, whether it's a Barnes & Noble or especially if it's a mom and pop, and ask for the book. Ask them to order it and get it in. Ask them to order it and get it in at your library. Because our libraries and our bookstores, we need those things. Yeah. And, and they're wonderful places. That said, yes, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. If you go to my website, though, and buy it through my web store, I'll sign it for you. Awesome. So if you want an autograph copy, that's the way to do it. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much for uh, taking thank the time you. to talk to us. And if you are interested in checking out any of these three books, absolutely go check them out. Uh, we will be putting the links to uh, where to find these books down in the description. So until next time, this is Brad from Dallas Geek saying see ya. Good luck and prosper, y'all. <laughs>